You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. Coming to you from beautiful East Tennessee and broadcasting from the BRV studios, this is the Big Red Van with Wade, Hayden, and Malcolm. As usual, we start the show with Have You Heard, our segment where we bring up random news and crazy events with a lot of topics you've probably never heard of. For instance, have you heard about Tyson Ranch? What about Mark Cuban getting into the wrestling game? Or what about other cryptocurrencies that you've never heard of? We cover this and a whole lot more. Here is episode 30 of the Big Red Van. Here we are again, man. Episode 30, HYH. Yo. Welcome, everybody. So, it's two-man van tonight. Down Mr. Malcolm. I don't know. I got stuff going on. Yeah, man. He's probably going to be the first millionaire out of the group. <laughs> so, um, Man, I'm proud of my list tonight. I'm, I'm ready and excited to talk to you about the things that I've got. It's going to be a good one. You ready to go? I'm ready. Let's do it. Everybody, have you heard? Uh, former boxer, Mr. Mike Tyson. Uh-oh, heard of him. He's, uh, yeah, you heard of that guy? Heard of him. Uh, he's ready to cash in on the marijuana game going on in California. Uh-oh. Which, uh, I'm sure you probably are aware is recently legalized for full recreational use. Yeah. In California. Uh, I read so, an article about it. Yeah, so Tyson broke ground on his 40-acre plot of land in California. Which he intends to use to grow marijuana as he well. He can only have six plants, though, unless he's going to be like a grower operation. Yeah. He's going to be, it's it's a um, it's medical research is part of what they're going to do there. Okay. So I think that's probably maybe the get around. The resort's going to be called Tyson Ranch. There you go. It's in Southern California, about 60 miles southwest of the Death Valley National Park. Uh, 20 acres of it will be used to grow high-quality strains of THC, as they say. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> the ranch will also feature a... Um, Petting zoo. A, like, a supply store, like, oh. for, for local growers. Uh, Carrier pigeons to bring you your weed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, an edible factory, yeah. where they will prepare all sorts of things for you, apparently. That edible game, apparently, is nuts. This is what I love, though. A premium campground and cabins with an amphitheater for concerts as well as the Tyson Cultivation School to teach new growers. Oh, man. So he's going to teach people how to do yeah. it. This is like the whole... He's like all in. All in. The wow. whole, every every angle of it, there's a little bit of it there. That's crazy. Like I said, the medical research to the just the big operation growing and selling to teaching people how to grow to cooking the stuff. I'm sure I mean, with his connections that he's able to get a lot of the, you know, not necessarily funding, but... Um, oh, I'm sure he has money. Yeah, he's got the money, and people putting the money towards it. It's not all Tyson money. But he's going to be able to have scientists, and he's going to be able to have access, is the word I'm looking for, access to people that mm -hmm. can get him through stuff. Medical research? How's Mike Tyson going to be doing I know, medical right? research? The last time I saw Mike Tyson, he was talking about his pigeons. The last, well, other than like his like recent TV fame with that, like, yeah, the he had that uh, cartoon TV show. I hadn't watched it, but it's... There's, like, birds in it. It's very Mike Tyson. It's very Mike Tyson. But the last time I remember seeing it was him getting arrested and back in, like, like seven or eight years ago for cocaine possession. Yeah. That was the last time I'd seen him, like, majorly in the headlines until, like, The Hangover and all this, like, later fame came along. The Hangover gave him a third chance at life. Oh, yeah. That's what The Hangover did. Face um, tattoo and all. But, like, literally, California city mayor 
Apparently, he's a really, really nice guy. I guess. Like, I mean, he's someone that's easy to talk to. You watch him on interviews. He's nowhere near as volatile as he was when he fought. <laughs> I mean, you didn't want to interview Mike Tyson when he was a fighter. Right. But, I mean, face tattoo Mike, he, he'll sit down on a couch with you. <laughs> face tattoo Mike. But, yeah, this is, like, supposedly supposed to be something that's also going to bring a lot of um, revenue to the city. Of course. Oh, hell yeah, man. They're um, expecting a billion dollars for the state. Yeah. Um, the mayor of California City, which is where it is, um, Jennifer Wood, she was like at the groundbreaking, like opening day, like everything. Like she's like all up and raving about it. Jobs. Yeah. Jobs. Lots of jobs. Absolutely. But, Imagine the amount of jobs that people with fields are going to have for people to pick and harvest and cure and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's. An industry, Mike that, Tyson, yo, Mike Tyson. It's crazy. It's an industry that a lot of states are really going to have to look very hard at very, very soon mm-hmm. when they see these other states. But I don't know. Who knows? Sessions talking that talk about clamping down that federal intervention rule. Whatever. We move on. Everybody, have you heard? So you remember Uber's old CEO Travis Kalanick? I talked about him during the summer. I don't know if it was on the episode that you were on vacation or. Uh, I mean, I I heard that one. You listened to it? <laughs> so the last time we heard Travis Kalanick, um, we were talking about him taking a leave of absence from his CEO duties from Uber amid a sexual harassment and workplace culture scandal. Yeah, I remember this. So this time he's in the news because he wants to sell 29% of his personal shares of Uber stock. 29%? A.K.A. $1.4 billion. I was about to say, like, a whole lot. 29% of his personal shares of stock. So, which CEOs, generally, in most companies, carry at least 50%. Okay. The person that is named CEO is, like, the person that has all the decision-making in the room mm-hmm. when it comes to shareholders. Okay. Makes so, sense. I think he owns... You're the one that has the most invested, so you get to say... I think he owns like 50.4 or 50.53%, something like that. Right. Of Uber. Just over half. Of the company, of Uber. So he wanted to sell all of it. Like, there's contracts written in how much buyers can buy and things like that, but there's contract restrictions as to how many shares he can sell, so he sold He can't just, like, cash out and remain CEO. Correct. Per his contract. He literally attempted to put on the table 50% of his stake. Well, did he just want out? I mean, yeah. Well, I, who knows what he's trying to do. There's a couple couple of uh, possible possibilities, I suppose. Um, he hasn't made a public comment on the, rele- on the reason for his sell-off, uh, but we haven't heard his name in four months. So there were a few guesses that I read about. Okay? Um, his stock holdings in Uber make him one of the richest men in the world on paper. But a company's valuation does not equal cash riches for the holders. Right. Right. So this sale, like I said, would equal $1.4 billion in cash for him to use as he pleases. <laughs> okay. As opposed to having to be this kicked out CEO moving around shares of stock. Right. He's just got money to use. Obviously, he's flipping the bird at the Uber Brass, you know, the people that pushed him out. And I think I remember the name Eric Holder was who I said was leading... Do you remember the name Eric Holder, former attorney general under Obama? Oh, yeah, of course. So he is like the head of this firm that took over Uber because Uber was having such lack of structure in the company. Right. They had like no workplace culture policy and way all too, these... Grew way too fast. Well, and there was no oversight. 
right absolutely no oversight so that's what this company that eric holder headed was supposed to come in and do so like here kalanick's like saying screw y'all you mm-hmm. know i'm gonna go do something um the long shot guess in the article that i read talked about uh a possibility of how steve jobs like this move was like J- steve jobs back in 1985 pulling out stock of a company creating your own company and then selling that tech technology back to the original company 10 years later only to be- return as the glorious ceo <laughs> <laughs> so uh he has all the capital kalanick has all the capital to start his own transportation company if he wants or whatever he wants to do with that 1.4 billion dollars mm-hmm. but net neutrality is going to get him you know that's you know that's what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, have you heard? Uh, I know this one's odd because it also has something to do with weed. But um, an elderly couple in, a row. in Nebraska got busted with sixty pounds of high quality marijuana that they were in t- planning on giving out as Christmas presents to their relatives. Is what they said. What kind of family they got? Man. Okay. So first of all, Patrick Jiren, eighty-three year old man. Okay. And Barbara, his wife. Maybe they just ran out of money and they're good farmers. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't think we'll that's... Well, just give I, them I, the plants, honey. But, uh, and his wife, she's 70 years old, uh, but they're they're from California and they got don't arrested... Don't you give them my good plants. They got arrested on December 19th when they were driving down the road and the police found weed in the back of their pickup truck. 60 just, pounds worth. Just sitting out. It didn't say whether it was covered or not. Hopefully. I doubt they had it in duffel bags. It, it was covered up. But so here's what's crazy. Is that as An 80-year-old man had a 60 pounds of weed in his truck. That is crazy, yes. Okay. But they were soon identified as the parents of Justin Jiren, who is one of the chief state attorneys of the state of Vermont. Yeah, maybe he, that was a sign. Justin just needs to chill. <laughs> We're going to bring him so, 60 pounds of weed to what I convince think is, him. What I think is funny is that if the if these elderly people were telling the truth, that we're going to give – this was our Christmas gifts for people. I think they were just running weed for money or something because, you know, how drug runners will – Drug r- mules. Will use elderly people as mules. Like, we'll give you $2,000 to drive this from here to there, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't think they'll be pulled over. Yeah. Because – it's an old man. Who cares? You know? So I think that might be what was going on, and these people were just caught in it. But that really sucks because that's like their son is like a s- attorney in Vermont. Is that the story that his people came out with? Was my parents were some drug mules? No. And they needed I, money? That's me th- oh. Im- imagining. I could see could an only attorney be- general coming up with some kind of story like that. But He's got to save his reputation, man. Um,. I mean, that's, of course, what's going down, is that he's like, I have nothing to do with it. I had no idea my parents were doing that, et cetera, et cetera. Um, It was apparently $300,000 worth of weed that they had. Okay. It was like uh, a whole bunch of different kinds of weed, different names and strands, like all labeled and all sorts of stuff. Like This was in Nebraska? In Nebraska. (laughs) Coming from California. Bringing it to their family is what they said as Christmas gifts. No way. I know, right? Did, have I told the story? I don't remember. I it's hard for me to remember yesterday sometimes. But did I have I ever told the story of a guy I met in college that did that a couple of times? That drove long distances. Drove a long distance, as in like to Detroit, 
and <laughs> like drove from where we were in Nebraska to Detroit and parked a car, walked like three blocks, picked up another car, and then drove that car from Detroit back to Nebraska. Was never able to see what was in the car. Didn't wasn't able to ask what was in the car. Oh man! Didn't have keys to the trunk, but got paid like very healthily to do that. Oh man! This kid was one of the sketchiest person people I ever met in college. No, <laughs> it was it was interesting though. Obviously, that's what he was doing. Yeah, he just thought it was innocent as innocent as some weed at the time. He thought he was just driving around some weed, and that's what he thought he was getting himself into. And at the time, I was a freshman in college, and I was like, hell if I know. I don't really even think about that kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And now looking back on it, I haven't really honestly thought about this, Hayden, in like 18 years. Unless I talked about it. I don't remember if I talked about it on the pod or not. I don't think so. But I haven't thought about this in a long time. And uh, it's one of those things that there could have been dead bodies in there, man. Oh, man. Weapons. There could have been. Who knows? He was he was paid very well to do it, but it was crazy the story he told us. He's like, "Yeah, man, I've done this a couple times for these a couple times for these guys." Oh my gosh, it's nuts! That's one of those interventions with your friend moments. Like, no, I was like, "He's not my friend. He's an acquaintance. Oh, this wasn't oh. somebody that this was somebody that we went to like I had a class with. He oh, lived man. in our dorm kind of thing. Oh god, and <laughs> it was just crazy dude on floor nine or whatever. Oh my god, where's he at tonight? What party's he going to? Oh no, man, he's doing one of his detroit runs you know and this was obviously before social media before all that stuff nobody's snapchatting about this shit uh they better not be so uh, <laughs> that's a one-way ticket to jail it was everybody have you heard all right have you heard of other cryptocurrencies than bitcoin yeah dude uh so I, I, apparently there's this thing on ebay so before you even get into it i have to tell you about this I've stumbled across these type of YouTube videos that are people that buy mystery boxes on eBay. Okay? Like, literally, there's like a section of eBay that's mystery boxes, and it's quite literally what you would think it is. People put a price tag on something and say... Kind of like on Let's Make a Deal. Yes, exactly like that. And they could you could get totally screwed by a stranger. You could get a zonk. But, of course, there's people with really good reputation, right? on ebay that are trusted sellers that do these mystery boxes as well because there's like a culture of people that are into these mystery boxes and opening them and having youtube channels based upon them opening them okay okay so i learned about a few more very expensive cryptocurrencies through these videos because this one dude bought a twenty one thousand dollar mystery box Oh you heard me say that, right? Expendable $21,000. Bought this box on eBay. Dude, there's ones on there for more than that, though. He was going... Like, there's like thousands of like $20 ones and $30 ones and just people... And it's like a bunch of junk in there. Right. They probably go to the Dollar General and spend $30 on a bunch of stuff, put it in a box, and ship it to you. You know, like, it's just for fun. So, anyways... They this dude opens this box. It's got a whole bunch of garbage in it, junk, all sorts of little nonsense crap. And then he opens this piggy bank up, and it's got a USB drive in it, and this big pamphlet of instructions of encryption codes and passwords and all this stuff. And he's like, instructions on how to open it. And he has uh, like one Bitcoin. And at the time when he was recording the video, it was like twelve thousand dollars, right? A Bitcoin. And uh, he had like five Litecoin, which was like eight hundred dollars. Okay. a coin at the time and then i can't remember what the other one was but he had another one that was like like a six thousand dollar a coin thing but 
Okay. I was just like, I had no idea there was that many more, oh, and yes. that they were also valued that high. Yes. So go Bitcoin ahead. Bitcoin is the king. Yes, okay. of course. Yeah, like I said, he's, it was like $12,000. So basically, he got literally $21,000 worth of stuff in this box, but it was just a dude playing a cool game of giving it to him in Bitcoin, and he bought in cash. I will take one full Bitcoin. Exactly. <laughs> but I would take one right now. <clears throat> But you As got a, a mystery box of $21,000 to get it? Shit. You ever heard of dog coin? Oh, no. No, I haven't. Please, is it it's doggy coin or dog coin? D-O-G-E-C-O-I-N. Nope. Okay. Named after an internet meme of Shiba Inu dogs and created as a joke. Dog coin has re- reached a market value of more than $1.5 billion. What? Like, untotal coins, right? No, I'll get to that. Oh, okay. no. Originally created in 2013 for the purpose of mocking cryptocurrency's rise in popularity, Dogcoin skyrocketed to fame in 2014 after landing a few viral hit videos, um, most notably sponsoring a NASCAR team at Talladega Speedway and raising $25,000 to fund the Jamaican Bob team sled in the 2014 Olympics in Sochi. No. Yeah. Is this fake news? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? So, although the company hasn't released a software update in over two years, okay? Okay. The market is on fire for this dog coin. The last month, the coin jumping more than 400%. <laughs> the month of December. So, dog coin founder Jackson Palmer is, like, pumping the brakes on excitement and is rather worried this jump will precede a huge crash of, like, the entire crypto market. So, although I think that's a little out there, but mostly because of the biggest difference between it and Bitcoin. Okay, here we go. There are only 21 million Bitcoin that are allowed to be created under the rules laid out by the Bitcoin founders and 16.8 million of which are currently in circulation. So one of the biggest... So people can still mine for more Bitcoin. Yes, there's roughly 4.2 million more available. Okay. Okay. Got it. So um, each Bitcoin carrying a value of (laughs) $13,580. Each full one. Jeez. There are currently 100 billion dog coins in existence, with each valued right now at about two cents. Oh, okay, so they're not worth much, but there's two. How many did you say? 100 billion versus 21. What is million. that in dollars when when you multiply that? 1.5 billion. Oh my god! That oh that was the number you gave me a minute ago. Correct. Okay, that all makes okay. sense. So. So you're ahead of the game as to to how they figure out valuation of these companies, right? So Professor Ethan Izetsky, Izetsky, Ethan Izetsky, with the London School of Economics said, they're worth a lot because people say they're worth a lot. I have very little confidence that they have any long-term value. Now take, for example, like like we just did, how you calculate the market cap for a business like um, Apple. Yeah. So uh, it's valued at about $870 billion currently. You multiply the number of shares by their price. You calculate the value of the business. Yep. Pretty simple. Um, Dogcoin's market cap has been calculated by multiplying the number of coins in existence by the current dollar exchange rate. And because this is not backed by reliable assets, it makes old school investors 
very, very weary of yeah. its long-term success. So uh, there's a quote in here from a guy that uh, – some investor guy. The worry is that when the price goes up so much of that moves the focus from the technology of mining new coins to just the speculation of what it could be. And that drives the price. Mm-hmm. So other players in the crypto game are Ripple. Was that the one? No, it wasn't Ripple. It was Litecoin and something else. Uh, well, Ripple, which over the weekend hit a new high at $100 billion valuation. Wow. So it's like one of the other big ones other than Bitcoin. Litecoin was on here. And Ethereum? Ethereum. Ethereum. That was it. That was the other one. What's it at? Um, I didn't get it. Ethereum. Oh, man. But that was the other one that was worth a lot. Yeah, on it his definitely video. is. So my question is, when does Whopper coin become a thing? <laughs> Hey, man, let's do something that we used to do. Let's take a break. Okay. You want to take a break? Let's take a break. All right, man. Hey, everyone. We're going to be right back. But in the meantime, hit us up on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Big Red Van Pod, or email us at TheBigRedVanPodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple iTunes Podcasts if you're a member of Team iPhone. We'll take them. Five-star reviews we read live on the air give you shout-outs. Thank you so much for listening. And back to the show. So we took a break to check out the national championship game, and whoa. Oh, my Lord. Whoa. I know that this will all be, the game will be over before everybody hears this podcast, but. Right before halftime. Halftime. Oh, my God. 13 to zero. Georgia. Wow. Who saw that coming? I didn't. I I literally, my prediction prior to the game was going to be Alabama was going to win by probably like three points. Alabama was favored by two and a half. Yeah. And I, w- I was thinking that before even looking at any Vegas stats. Just like, it's going to be that kind of game. Well, the whole stat of Nick Saban versus his former assistants, he's 11-0 and against coaches that used to coach underneath him. Mm-hmm. Right? And the average score of those games is 38-10, to Alabama. <laughs> so I listened to a guy, his name's R.J. Bell. <clears throat> Follow him on Twitter. And he's a really good follow. He's one of the Vegas nerds. And he'll give you all these insider stats on how shark money bets certain things in Vegas, how the sharks bet mm-hmm. versus how the public bets, those types of things. And he was saying that a lot of – what he anticipated was a lot of the late money that was going to come in on the game was going to be on Alabama to win big. Mm-hmm. So you said something before we hit the button about how Alabama – rolls in the second half they do how they i said they were they are a cold and calculated second half kind of team so we'll see it's going to be interesting let's get through this so that we can watch that all right all right all right everybody have you heard the uh ironton police department took to facebook to ask the quote-unquote unlucky soul that had lost their meth and if they wanted to come claim it (laughs) it's unlucky I wish this story had a better ending where like someone did come in to try and claim the meth, but it was just more of a story of props to the police department for their creativity. We've heard of this a couple of times now on the podcast. Yeah, so more than 15 grams of meth was found in the parking lot um, on the 700 block of Park Avenue. And so when the cops came and claimed it, they posted a Facebook post that reads... To the unlucky soul that lost 15.44 grams of meth in the Right Aid parking lot here in Ironton, Ohio, we have recovered your lost property. 
We are here at Ironton PD, believe in the Christmas spirit, and with that in mind, invite you to come down to the Ironton Police Department with your government-issued ID, and we'll discuss the possibility of releasing your property back. Nice. Heck, we'll even put you up for the night at the Hotel Lawrence County with free meals. It's the giving time of year, after all. Merry Christmas. Well, I mean, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Something you, like that might work. You gotta love creativity. Yeah, I mean, you gotta give them a hand for that. Everybody, have you heard? About Mark Cuban getting in the ring with Vince McMahon. Like, not literally. No, so we're not talking about WWE Raw here? We're not talking about them fighting each other, but we're talking about WWE Raw. Oh, really? Oh, so listen. Okay. Back in 2015, Mark Cuban, do you know Mark? You know the name Mark Cuban, right? He owns the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, oh, yeah of course I know. He's who Mark on Cuban Shark is. Tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So he purchased the rights to broadcast a Japanese pro wrestling league called New Japan Professional Wrestling. He owns Axis TV. Okay. So, and they bought the rights to that. So if you are flipping through your guide and you see the AXS network. Yeah, okay. And you see New Japan Wrestling. That's well, what I'm talking about. I'm cable free, but I do remember that channel. Okay, so I actually saw it the other night when I was flipping through stuff. So reading this, I was like, man, I saw that. I didn't click on it, but I saw it. So uh, anyway, uh, apparently it's the fastest growing wrestling company in the world. <laughs> of course it is. So I mean, I don't know how many wrestling companies there are in the world, but <laughs> it's growing. So <laughs> the CEO, uh, his name's Andrew Simon. He's been touting double-digit growth every year since they launched in 2015. And Cuban thinks the brand has a real shot to compete with the WWE. Incredible. So, McMahon... Uh, that's, this, like, that's like the NFL getting toppled by like the European Football League as far as like biggest revenue and like their teams are always going to beat our teams kind of thing. That's a pretty, pretty good comparison. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, 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 well, the Canadian football. Or Canadian football. Yeah. I was... I was I should have used Canadian as the example because England doesn't have a football league, do they? Do they have not an American yet. football league? No, not yet. We're trying to get a team in London over there. But but, but you get what I mean, though? Yeah. Like, it would just be silly. Like, mm-hmm. how does that happen? It would be like Canadian football just thinking <laughs> that all of a sudden, you know. But, <clears throat> quote, this is from Mark Cuban, and he's always been outspoken. He says, McMahon thinks we are, a little, we are little shits. People in the U.S. won't connect as directly because of the language. But if you really love wrestling, then this is a no-brainer. Entertainment value. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sh- dude, I'm sure those... You said this was in Japan? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they have got some some incredible moves that they well, do and in the Well, the characters ring. that they have aren't just Japanese. Right. You know, it's like a professional wrestling. It's just in Japan, and yes, they have characters. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. Like They've got like a Rico Suave type that's like their <laughs> poster boy. I forgot I didn't put his name in here, but currently the WWE is the world's largest sports entertainment company. That was in quotes. Uh, With roughly uh, revenues of roughly $729.2 million. Wow. $730 million for wrestling. You know, a funny fact the profits of $34 million. Did you know that they scheduled the WWE Raw SmackDown event? in montgomery alabama today it's today right now while we're recording and it's at the exact same time as the national championship game yeah that's unfortunate it's very unfortunate that's unfortunate and it's also the alabama one like who in the hell in alabama that also likes wrestling is missing the bama game other than nights like tonight 
uh, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown each pull over uh, 3 million viewers weekly. So making it the number one cable show on Monday nights. That's incredible. Yeah, man. Wrestling. I don't, Wrestling. Get, I don't get it. So I don't get it. The kicker for this is McMahon sold like 3 million shares of personal stock in the WWE, in WWE like a month or so ago. Did you hear about that? Oh, no. So it was I'm not up on shares. my WWE news. Well, no, it was just <laughs> sports news because all of a sudden Vince McMahon has this huge share sell-off of a bunch of his personal shares of WWE and his claim for wanting the money is so he can start this uh, this business called Alpha Entertainment. Their purpose was to explore investment opportunities across the sports and entertainment landscapes, including professional football. Hmm. Do you remember the XFL? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That weird, that's the indoor football? No. What was the XFL? The XFL was like where he tried to bring wrestling and football and bring them together. No, you don't. I, don't, I don't remember this. No way, you don't remember. Okay, so anyone that doesn't remember the XFL, there's a ESPN 30 for 30 documentary. It's called This is the XFL. You need to go back and watch that. Oh, no. <clears throat> it's like 45 minutes out of your life that will entertain So it's just you. a professional league that somebody Dude, tried to start? It, what, no, not somebody. Vince McMahon. Okay. So it, not just anybody. <laughs> he, he brought The Rock in. Like, it was, he didn't play, but Ro- The Rock was like, and then an announcer for the games and like the person that would be out there like do you smell (laughs) (laughs) to get the crowd fired up oh my god dude you don't remember but they had teams oh they had teams and they took like all the nfl rejects and they took everybody that couldn't cut it in the nfl or was just this broke dick college player that just you know whatever they let them put nicknames on the backs of their jerseys oh man so they instead of having their actual name they could put something else on the back of there you have you never heard about he hate me he hate me oh my god because he got his name because we're like why did you uh they asked him why did you put he hate me on the back there he said because when i run by him he hate me and he hate me and he hate me Oh my god. Dude, it was total and he was like the poster boy for wrestling. Yeah, totally or not. Or for up, XFL. Not up to speed on oh on the XFL. God. So the XFL was great. Instead of having a kickoff, they would have two guys from like 10-yard distances start away and then run to a ball that was sitting at midfield. And they would just like whoever got the ball first, that's also who got possession got first. Got possession first. That is that's genius. <laughs> I love that. Until two guys on the very first game, like screw one, odds with a coin, one of them gets like super concussed and rips his shoulder out of his socket because they dive into uh, each other. I guess other. that's the one negative thing. <laughs> There's probably a lot of head-on collisions. There was this. like no roughing the passer penalties, where you could slam the quarterback down as hard as you wanted, and it was like harder to hit. It was more. It was more exciting. Well, of course. I mean they. Uh, encouraged it. Right. You know, and they wanted you to take somebody's head off. Oh, my God. The football was terrible, though. <laughs> like, literally, the execution of the football was terrible, so people, you know, didn't, didn't watch like unless it. you were, like, wrestling people, and it failed, and they had all these tech... you got to watch this. the documentary. is great. Oh, man. Okay? What years are we talking here? You said The Rock. 2000, 2001, 2002. That's incredible. Yeah. Somewhere wow. in there. It was awesome. So, but he's... You know, back in December of this year, journalist Brad Shepard reported on Twitter that McMahon is looking to bring back the XFL, and that's in quotes. His announcement could come as soon as January 25th. Today's what? January 8th? Yep. So this was, you know, 
apparently this guy reports on WWE and McMahon stuff a lot. But McMahon never shot down the thing saying we're bringing back the XFL. Never said no, we're not. He started this other company with money for it. Um, if you watch that documentary at the end of it, uh, Dick Ebersol. You heard that name before? Head of NBC. He's like a big brass at NBC. You see his name on a bunch of stuff, credits for NBC things. Nah, hadn't Anyway, noticed. he's the one that started NBC Sports. Okay. So, and him and Vic, Vince McMahon are like great, great friends. And they're the ones that team together for the XFL. And now they're like old, retired men that are billionaires. <laughs> and at the end of it, they talk about possibly bringing it back one day. And now is. It's coming to surface that it might come back. Oh no! So when in the in the time of your r- reaction to the way that I described the start of the game was classic because that was mine too back in two thousand. It was like holy shit! Instead of a kickoff, that's what they're going to do. That is incredible. This is a well. The reason I like it, I understand the primary reason why it's a bad idea. Don't get me wrong. Head on collision in the concussion yeah. era that we're in now. That would never no fly. Way. Never fly. No way. But. Let's be honest here. This is measuring a true feat of strength here. Mm-hmm. We're not relying on the coin flip gods to tell you who gets to go first. It's like whoever's the fastest gets to go first. Who's more of a man. Yeah. I mean, let's be real here. That mm-hmm. is much better. Mm-hmm. But More I, primal. But, yeah. But, I mean, the head-on collisions that are going to ensue nonstop from that is that ain't going to work. <laughs> I am so glad you've never heard of the XFL. <laughs> I was not anticipating going into that long description about it. Maybe somebody else out there needed the explanation. <laughs> That's great. Everybody, have you heard? Uh, so a former army medic says um, that a late night drunken craving for a bacon cheesesteak melt led him to mm. bend the law and fire up an unmanned grill at the Waffle House and fry one up for himself. No shit. Yeah, so this is an incredible story. And that's all he made? Yeah. Okay, so this is... He wasn't like a bad guy. He, this is a totally normal, nice guy. He just needed a grill? He needed He needed that... He, okay. So 36-year-old <laughs> Alex Bowen, he couldn't sleep after a night out downtown drinking with his buddies. So he stopped by his local Waffle House on his way home for a bacon cheese melt. And they're open 24 hours. Of course they are. Yes. That's what Waffle House does. Yes. When he walked in... Bacon cheese melts a strong choice. Oh, but you know how good that would be. But you know the All-Star is the only choice. It, it, you're totally right. It doesn't matter what time of day, if it's 3 o'clock in the morning, or if it's actually breakfast time, it's All-Star, baby. You can do hash browns instead of grits and get them smothered and covered. That's got, You're 100% right. Do it. So he, uh, when he walked in, he couldn't find anyone to help him. And he waited for about 10 minutes, uh, but the hunger began to build. When no one ever came to the front to serve him, he just helped himself behind the counter. He washed up, turned on the grill, got out all the ingredients, and then began to prepare his food. Okay. Okay. So he's just being a totally normal person here. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with this so far. Once he finished up, he literally he cleaned the grill, put the dishes away, put his sandwich in a to-go container... And then proceeded to leave. But did he pay? Before leaving, he popped his head to the back because you know there's like a back to to Waffle House, and he kind of like peeked around for a second to find the cook and the server both asleep in the back. Mm, Yeah, I I don't want them cooking my food anyway. Um, So (laughs) this is this great. So so Mr. Bowen said that he didn't feel that he did 
was anything wrong, uh, which is also why he documented the entire thing on his Facebook page. We could always send a link to that, but it's just every picture of everything he was doing, like, look at me, I'm frying the bacon now, and here I am boxing it up. Like, I mean, the whole thing, just because, well, he, remember, this man has been out drinking heavily downtown with his friends, and he yeah. needed a Waffle House run. Yeah, and those, yeah, he's making a string of great decisions. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what ended up happening with the whole thing is uh, he comes back the next day and because he feels bad. Because he's like, oh my god, I totally stole that food. So he goes back in, tells them what happened, and and a lot, and pays for his food. To which case, the manager then filters all this up and everything. And ABC News gets a hold of it, and they're like, uh, they contact the Waffle House like corporate office for like comment on the situation. And basically, what the public statement was like, well, it sounds like he's a great cook. <laughs> and so Waffle House was like formally offering this dude a job to come work for Waffle House as a cook from now on because, well, obviously the cooks we got can't do it. So we would love for you to come be one of our cooks, sir. Nice. <laughs> That's a PR spin right there. I know, right? Wasn't that just <clears throat> hilarious? And he was just like, you know what? I'm good with my job, but I did pay for my sandwich and I'm sorry I wouldn't do that again. But, but just the, could you imagine being this guy, like going to a waffle house and nobody serves you and you're just like you know what i know where they keep the bacon and the eggs and i the worked cheese. at a waffle house in college i've watched i've said at this counter a hundred times before i know where they keep all those things and just be like you know what i'm gonna go turn the grill on and let's go yeah I'm, well what if someone else comes in and you're like you're blackout <laughs> drunk you don't really know <laughs> could you imagine somebody else coming in and taking an order <laughs> yeah just to cover it <laughs> yeah, up. Just to cover it up. <laughs> and Before like, you know it, the place fills up. And you're, oh, man. You're like, you just, I don't, where's my help? You just casually box up what you came to make and just start walking out the front door and people are looking at you like, where's he going? Yeah, you crack an egg. <laughs> you're almost done with yours and then someone sits down and wants two eggs and a waffle. You start making it and then walk away. I can only admit, dude, that's just, that's just like good. right out of a comedy right there. I love it. That would be great. Everybody, have you heard about the best purchase that Jeff Bezos has ever made? Uh, I don't know. He's bought countless things at this point now. We talked about like solar wind farms, Whole Foods headquarters, things floating in the sky. What so is it? We, I mean, whatever we talk about, we talk about the adventures of Amazon on this podcast. We've done it in terms of their growth as well as anything else that was newsworthy that they were involved with, I guess. Um, we've covered on at least three episodes. Oh, at least. Uh, the acquisition of Whole Foods, would you say? Covered it. And all the changes that have happened before and after the merger. Through all of the reading I did, Hayden, and preparing to talk to you and these wonderful listeners of ours, I have never once read or reported anything about the issue of red tape or political intervention that Amazon had to deal with. No, no, we it's haven't. A multi-million dollar merger. Normally, you hear about these mm-hmm. issues, right? So, honestly, it never crossed my mind. Did it even ever cross your mind until I just now said it to you? No. When they were buying Whole Foods, I read like fifteen articles about that shit, and not one of them was about that sort of no, stuff. No yeah. problems. Okay, purchase went right through. So, I read an article on Forbes.com written by a guy named John Tamney. Say, this was a very good article. They talked about the best purchase that Jeff Bezos ever made, and there's not even a close second. 
Back in 2013, he bought a struggling newspaper for $250 million named the Washington Post. Amazon owns the Washington Post. I did not know that. You didn't know that? No, I did not know that. Listen, <laughs> it's not just a paper in Washington, D.C. It's, it's, oh, it's the paper. Yeah. Okay. The government officials, except for our chief of staff, who care about what's, about what's written about them, it's that's the paper. Yeah. Bezos is reptilian, man. <laughs> reptilian. The writer goes on to describe the untouchable giant that was Microsoft in the late 90s, early 2000s, until the government intervention allowed companies like Google and Facebook to be more on the forefront of innovation and basically predicting the future of technology while Microsoft was spending their money fighting off legislation. Microsoft was not represented in Washington by a strong lobbyist presence, and all this ties back to Bezos in that it seems he's trying to get ahead of such any intervention or click a post of cash of blank blackmail articles, which I'm sure are already written. Oh, God. Think about it, man. I've said my mind has been blown before about this guy and this company, but holy shit. Like, I feel like all of this stuff that we've talked about has come full circle in the ways that he is portrayed and how Amazon can literally do no wrong. <clears throat> None. There's nothing that they can do is wrong or bad or dipping in the wrong water. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. I joked about the world domination and all that. You, and then I've said on many times with no connection to Amazon, you control the media, you control the people. And then I've talked about Amazon controlling the people in other ways. And now I realize now that they, they actually own. control the media. No wonder they do such a good job of controlling the people. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. My mind was blown. And it's common knowledge to some that Amazon owns the Washington Post. I had no clue. Wow. You hear about all these failing um, newspaper companies. It makes me want to go research. We had to start recording, but I was going to go start to research companies like uh, the Boston Herald and a bunch of other newspapers. When everything went digital... Newspapers had to start charging for their websites and things. And mm -hmm. the New York Times, like you only get 10 free articles a month or you have to pay for it and all those types of things because they couldn't afford to be open anymore. Nobody actually reads the newspaper anymore. Mm -hmm. so I wonder how many other companies bought up these failing newspapers and now basically control what they print in a way. That's – wow. God, dude. I was like, whoa. So we, we talked about their, their – they call it HQ2. The location of their second headquarters, mm -hmm. all these different cities that have made bids. The writer of this article uh, thinks that D.C.'s been a lock from day one, that that's where it's going. It's got all the mass transit and subway ins and outs from the headquarter location. It's close to prominent universities and on the forefront of all of things, cost of living and quality of life, whatever. Okay. Political influence. Dude, I was like, what? Everybody, have you heard? All right, so this one's not a funny one. It's a crazy one. Good. Ready? So I'm going to murder these names because they are um, Bosnian. Is that Cro pun intended? No. Okay. These are Bosnian and Croatian names, so I have no idea if I'm saying them right. But you got to do it. But Slobodan Preliak was among five um, political and military leaders of Bosnian Croat. Uh, Croatian um, fighters who had been convicted as war criminals, um, they had their appeal rejected and their 25-year jail sentence was upheld. Okay? This happened uh, middle of December. All right? So, 
during the trial of their their appeals trial where they got denied after the judge announced that the the remaining 20 years of their sentence um, is to be sustained uh, Preliak claimed that he was not a war criminal and he rejected their verdict with contempt obviously in Bosnia I am not I denounce you yeah but then he stood up and then literally drank a bottle of poison yeah yeah he did one of those and says I've taken poison and so I'm not going to be serving this jail term. So he was immediately assisted by the medical staff uh, and was transported to the nearest hospital. Um, and we spent some more money on him. And, and then, but then he died. Yeah. I mean, I thought this was just crazy. I mean, I don't know, like, but the Dutch authorities declared um, the courtroom a crime scene and they like shut it down, man. Like, you know, uh, because, of course, where did he get the poison? Mm-hmm. You know, like, that was kind of one of the big concerns was, like, okay, so did, like, the attorney give it to him? Like, hey, if we lose, I want you to make sure you got this for me. Like, how, right. you know? Right. Like, <laughs> do me a solid, man. Slip me some poison. Yeah. If we lose. Um, his lawyer, after being interviewed, like, I mean, basically said that he truly believed that he was innocent and that... Of he, war crimes? Of war crimes. So, apparently, what it was, was... Um, he was a former commander of their defense forces, and he was jailed uh, for crimes against humanity. Basically, he was um, there was evidence that he was part of a criminal conspiracy that included a uh, like a regime um, under the president Franjo Tudjeman, whoever yep. the hell that guy is. Yep, um, he's a president who had this whole like Muslim cleansing thing going on, where like basically rounding up any Muslim people in Croatia and Bosnia and killing them. So and he was anti that. No, he was part of it is that was the war. Like he was part of supporting that regime and he was a war criminal because of it. Oh, and he drank poison and killed himself. Exactly. That's okay. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <That's> okay. <laughs> um, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's all right, isn't it? But like how badass was that dude badass cowardly i mean i guess you can look at it a couple ways have have you ever seen video of guys doing that before like there was a famous video at least older that i remember of this i forget his name he was an older white guy got convicted and had something prepared like that like he knew he was getting convicted to the death penalty or life in prison and you can there's video of him like slipping it in his mouth and taking a drink of water where you can see him take it and then a couple of minutes later, when it kicks in, he's seizuring and oh, getting rushed out of there. And so it's not one of those where they see him swallow it and then they go get him. But there's also videos of those where there's people that they're afraid of that. Them in court trying to make a scene of it. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to have to make it a crime scene, just like what you said. Well, yeah, because that means somebody had to help them get it. Mm-hmm. Somebody had who 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 touched them. Mm-hmm. Who got near them? Who keistered them? Who keistered them? <laughs> Kinder eggs. Yeah, dude, did. that would be a dangerous Kinder egg. Poison? Yeah, like yeah. what? You know, rat, whatever it is, arsenic or whatever they use. And like, what did the Nazis have? With the the they bite it. I don't know. Was it arsenic? Was that what it was? Rat poison? Yeah, that's what arsenic is. I guess that's what it was. I don't know. But you know what I mean, like the fake tooth. Yeah, make can... me feel bad for not knowing my Nazi history. No, but you know what I mean? Like, that, like Hitler's troops, he'd be like, you know, you can't be captured. You 
cyanide cyanide that's what i was trying to think of cyanide capsules yeah yeah just pop one of those bad boys but yeah man crazy 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 yeah well one less war criminal one less but i'm going off of what these people say so i don't know dude could be a war criminal could not be could be innocent man maybe i don't know i don't know I mean, if, if you're a, a part of something that's rounding up a whole race, or you know, oh, oh, oh duh, duh. I just think I don't, I don't have the proof that he's peace. guilty of these things. I, yeah, that was his, that was his charge. Yeah, I guess my point I was trying to say on there. So, yeah, it it, it works. But but yeah, if that's if that's your deal, then yeah, then go ahead. That's your bag. <laughs> Not mine. It was a good show. Oh yeah, man, this is fun. Yeah, I like it. So that's 30 episodes deep, brother. 30. Can't believe that. 30. I cannot wait to anniversary this show. That's like three short months away, dude. 30. <laughs> 30. Wow. Dude, that's crazy. You just said uh, 30 just got stuck in my head, mm-hmm. obviously, because that's insane. That it's we've been, been fun. It's awesome. Continually doing this. Yeah. I'm having so much fun. Content, content, content. So we appreciate everybody spending some time listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed it and catch you on the next one.